Hey, welcome to this episode of Hope and Struggle. This is a very, very special episode. I want to begin by saying, before you listen to this, we touch on some very sensitive topics. We touch on abortion. We touch on teenage pregnancy. And we touch on some very hard topics that come with that territory. I want you to listen. I want you to see what God has done, what His goodness has done through this, what His grace does for us, both when we don't deserve it and when we try to work for it, which we can't. This story is true. It is from a dear friend of mine. It is her true story. Please open your hearts to Miss Alicia Moyer. I think you're going to fall in love with her. Here we go. Hey, ladies, welcome to this Bible Babes Wednesday weekly call. Thank you so much for being here. We have a wonderful, beautiful, special guest today. Before we get into that, let's start like we always should. Take your shoulders, if you don't mind, roll them up, back, and down. Close your eyes if you can. Take a deep breath in. Exhale slowly. Do it again, and let's inhale God's grace. His love, His hope, His truth. Exhale any negativity, anxiety, any just thing that's weighing us down. Let's take off all those things that entangle us and allow God to work. Take one more deep breath in for me. Slowly exhale as slowly as you can. Dear Heavenly Father, God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time. Thank you for this sweet sweet soul that you have sitting here next to me, but Lord, that you've allowed to be part of our lives. Lord, I lift up those chance meetings and occasions that we may take for granted, Lord God, but that you mean for such a greater work. I love you, Jesus. Please forgive me of my sins. As I come to you, Lord, just asking for your Holy Spirit to come into this place. Come and join us. We want you here, Lord. We need you desperately. We love you. I ask that your will be done here. Just fill Alicia with her story that you want to share today. I thank you for her willingness, her hard work, just the servant's heart that she has and you've put in her, Lord, and and just what you've allowed her to go through, Lord God, that is now for your glory and for the good of others, Lord God. I ask all of this in your holy, precious name. Amen. All right. And so just before I introduce her and we get started, just know that we are doing a Holy Week study. It's super, super simple. It's like a two or three verses a day. I love it. I feel like we're like in the midst of every day leading up to, you know, his resurrection. If you don't have that, check your emails. If you need it, go to the Facebook group. Otherwise, it's been in your text. If you are a part of the text and you want to be part of the text, you need to email us and just let us know and um, we'll get you a part of that. We've got some cool stuff coming in the future, but we would love just to focus on not only Holy Week right now, but on my sweet friend, Alicia Moore, telling her story. So, um, Alicia, I met at a training. I was a presenter at a gym where she worked and you kind of ran that gym, wouldn't you say? Uh, I was the mom. You were the mom of the gym. (laughs) 
she was at my training. It was a all-star presenter camp, which is one of my favorite trainings ever. And when they were introducing themselves, she was just like, hi, my name's Alicia. I'm a mom. I'm a wife. And I do this. And I was like, you do what? Um, are you interested in doing anything anymore? And she was like, maybe. And so we've been friends literally ever since then. Wouldn't you say? Garrett was two. Garrett was two. So that's um, a minute. <laughs> Just a minute. So more than 10 years. And I knew it was more than 10 years, but she has, she's married to Tom. She has a beautiful daughter named Hunter, which is a huge part of this story and a son named Dakota and just hearing their stories in y'all's life. It just blesses me. But I will tell you some of the, the most love that this family has felt through my sister's passing through all of the things we did with Lee and she knew Lee very intimately. That sounded weird, but you know what I mean? (laughs) Because, you know, she would see him at the house at least usually, well, for a while, once a week. Um, But they have loved on us so much since Lee's been gone and just her little notes and her texts and her hugs um, have been meant so much to us. And so Alicia, years after I knew her, told me the story of her daughter, Hunter, which she's going to tell you today. But this is just a beautiful story of God's grace and just what he's done since then. So without further ado, everyone, Miss Alicia, Mrs. Alicia Moyer. Yes. (laughs) Thank you for letting me be here and to share my story. And I just hope that God will open your hearts for, for you to hear what he has for you, not necessarily my words, but for what he has for you. And uh, I just want to kind of go on a background and tell you, how I grew up in a Christian home and I was always at church. I was, I went to Christian school, so I was a bubble child. And so I was definitely, my dad was a sound guy, so I was always there. So, and I grew up tr- supposed to be the good girl, like always, you, you're you always required. It was a requirement, yes. like, like not an option. You always had to make the good decisions, be the good one. And I didn't understand grace growing up. I I thought you had to work for it. I thought I always, cause I was always trying to be better. And so through high school, I was usually the goody goody child and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. But then I had dated guys that were um, like, they still wanted to do, they wanted to pray with you and they want to do Bible study with you, but they still want to go up your shirt. And so I was like, I don't want to date a hypocrite. I don't want to be with guys that um, they're one way here and one way there. And so I met a different guy. And so uh, he's the same. He was the same every day and he knew nothing about Jesus. So I was like, well, I can introduce him because I'm, I'm a fix it person. So I can help that. But anyway, I um, met him and we dated for several years. And so I have a sister and we're four years apart. So her senior year, I'm just kind of fast forwarding, but her senior year, she was playing soccer for high school and she found out she was pregnant and her team put, she was really good at soccer. Her team put together money for her to have an abortion. They were just like, yeah, you cannot do this to us. You are not quitting our team. And so she was like freaking out and talking to me. And, uh, of course we haven't told my parents yet. And so my boyfriend was like, dude, if your sister's pregnant, you always think you're pregnant because like I said, I was in a Christian home and I was supposed to do the right thing, but I wasn't doing the right thing. He was like, you always think you're pregnant. So you better take a test. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm not taking a test. And he was like, yeah, just do it. So we went and bought a test and, uh, it was positive. So he went and bought two more and we took two more tests and they were positive. So my sister's a senior in high school. She's pregnant and my parents don't know. And then we find out on a Sunday that I'm pregnant also. Well, she had morning sickness. So 
my mom found out pretty quick that she had, that she was pregnant. So I was actually going to Ogle, which is nail school. Sorry. I don't, y'all aren't in Texas. Well, it's like hair school, nail school. Right. Too, it's right? like cosmetology. Yeah. And so I was doing, I graduated like on the day that they found out my sister was pregnant. So, uh, that was just a crazy day. But anyways, I could, they knew about her and they were flipping out obviously. And so I was like, uh, can't tell them. I'm not telling them anything. And so I just kind of like let it ride. And a couple of weeks later, my dad who had been working for a company for 18 years got laid off. And so I was like, oh, this isn't a good time either. And then the next week, my grandpa had a heart attack in Oklahoma and he has the first pig valve surgery in Oklahoma. Wow. So I was like, like all these big, huge things are happening. Well, then my dad Oklahoma. got Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> we got two Oklahoma girls here. <laughs> um, and then I had, uh, my dad did find a new job and his boss died. So there's like all these dominoes right. things. And so my boyfriend was like, I don't want to be a dad. Like you, there's just too much chaos. I don't want to be a dad. Let's just go have an abortion. And I was like, I don't believe in abortion. Like, I don't, that's not right. I don't know what to do. But with all this stuff, I was just like, okay, I, considering it. So I called and um, I don't even know really where I went. We went somewhere in Dallas. I was like, you have to pay for it because I don't want that. I don't want to pay for it. And so anyway, I went and you've ever, have you ever walked into a place and you just feel so heavy, like, you know, you are not supposed to be yeah. there. And, um, I didn't know this then, but that's spiritual warfare. And it was so heavy and just, um, I could just feel the pressure of do not. And there's, there's so many places that the Holy spirit was like, Alicia, I'm right here. I like, I look back on that now, and, but I can see where it was. And so that was the first one. And then they called my name to sign some papers and my boyfriend left. So I was there by myself and I'm in a room probably with 25 girls. And I know I've read, I looked at the pamphlets. I saw the tracks at church. I know what I'm doing. And so, but I didn't know, I didn't feel like I had a choice on what I was doing because uh, I was supposed to be doing the right thing, which that wasn't right. But anyway, I was trying to do the right thing for my family. So they called me back there and they counsel you. And the lady was like, is this what you want to do? And I said, absolutely not. I don't, I don't want this isn't my choice, but I don't know what else to do. And so uh, you go to the next thing and it was actually a sonogram to make sure that the pregnancy is viable. And uh, the girl doing the sonograms was eight months pregnant. And I looked at her and I said, how do you work here? You know what they do. What are you doing? And she goes, what are you doing here? Mm -hmm. And I was just like, oh, I have to be here, but you, you're choosing to be here. Mm -hmm. And uh, when she did the sonogram, I even asked if the baby was okay. And she was like, seriously, why are you here? What are you doing? And my dream was always to be a mommy. I was always that girl with a baby on my hip and um, from the nursery at church mm -hmm. or just always had this little group of shadows with little kids. And I just love kids. And uh, so, but I didn't, it wasn't the right time or I thought it wasn't the right time. So after the sonogram, everything I was, you have to be at least six weeks. So I was six weeks pregnant and they put me in a room and I put this gown on and they just left me in there for the longest time. And I, uh, and I didn't know what else to do. So I prayed. So I walked over to the window and I was like, God, I am so sorry for what I'm about to do. I don't know what to do, but I know you can take care of this baby better than I can. 
And I know you'll forgive me. And I know this is so premeditated, but I'm so sorry. And uh, I'm just giving it to you. So then the nurse finally comes and they put me on the table. And I'm that person that has to have two shots when you get a filling because I can always feel everything that the dentist is doing. So I got the first shot and I could feel everything. So I was just like, oh, God, please help me not to... Um, I just was crying. I wasn't bawling, but I was just crying. And so I was hoping my ears would fill up so I couldn't hear what they were doing. But my instinct was to close my knees. And so I had to have two nurses on either side, like actually open my legs because it was just like instinct, like, no, you're not getting in. So they had to hold my legs. And uh, so while they were doing it, I was crying harder because I could feel everything. And they were like, sweetheart, can you feel this? And I was like, yes. And so they gave me another shot. So during all that kind of chaos, the doctor's kind of asking, well, he has his vacuum cleaner and is doing doing the abortion. And I'm just uh, just trying not to throw up. And I know it, it's just awful. Like the that heaviness was just on my chest. I could just feel all, all of it. And so after the procedure, they put you in a room and I'm with all those 25 girls on a cot and we get our cracker and we get our juice. And they're just like, okay, we're done with you. And so I was looking around and in that room, I knew what they were going to do. But then I was looking around like they just all, they all just did the same thing that I did. And so um, for the longest time I was in there by myself, all those girls left, but my boyfriend didn't come back. And so I was in there for probably an hour by myself, just crying. And uh, they kept asking me like, do you want to call your mom? And I was like, hell no, I'm not calling my mom. Um, she doesn't even know where I am. I don't even know where I am. I'm somewhere in Dallas. I have no idea where I am. So um, he finally came back and then we left and I couldn't go home. So I went to a, uh, a friend's house and we were the only three people that really knew that where I was. And so she would let me stay at her apartment. And, uh, but I had, I knew what I had done and just that burden of what I had done. I just cried. I cried all the time because I just knew what I'd done. Well, um, I finally went home and my parents were kind of being, I had been so focused on what I was going to do that I wasn't really paying attention. It was still a little chaos, but I wasn't really paying attention that they were being accepting and they were kind of just, we're going to do this. And so with your my, sister, with my sister, okay. so she's still pregnant. I'm not anymore. And then they, uh, so they had gone and got a sonogram and the sonogram was on my piano that I played every day. That was like my stress reliever. I played the piano. So her sonogram was like on my piano. And then uh, we had a friend come over that's a nurse and she listened, took the little Doppler and got to listen to the heartbeat. And so they're like kind of celebrating it. And I was like, Ugh. like, I made that decision yeah. and now um, they're accepting it. And so shoot. And uh, well, I cried too much. And so my boyfriend broke up with me because I made him feel bad. So we um, we weren't together anymore. And so I am a very extreme person. So I started doing really dumb things so that I didn't think about things. So I had a jet ski and I would take my jet ski to the lake and I would fly across the lake and I started playing more sports. And so I was playing volleyball. And so I was just active. I kept every hour, every minute um, busy so that I wouldn't think. But God talks to you whenever 
he wants. So I had a dream one night and I saw this baby's face and it was precious. It was just a little face and um, the baby had her hand up by her face. And I was like, thank you, God. I'm going to know who to look for when I get to heaven. Like, so I'll know that face. I'm going to know that face. And um, so that was just a glimpse that Jesus gave me. And I was like, thank you for forgiving me. And I'm so sorry. But now I know. Now I know who to look for. The day that I had my abortion was September 11th of 1993. And that's only significant because it eventually became a a terrible day and a national holiday. And so that was... uh, that was just the only significant part of that. Fast forward a couple of months and I uh, I hadn't had a cycle. And so I was like, oh, that's going to be my consequence. I'm not going to get to ever be a mom because I chose on the day that you, I was going to be a mom, I got rid of it. So I can't be a mom. So I just didn't have a cycle and I didn't So I didn't know what to do. Obviously, I'm not going to talk to my mom about it, but we had this insurance. I was 21, so I was able to go to the doctor without my mom. And we had this insurance that I could just go pay $5 for our copayment, and I could just go in there and see our nurse Those were the days. Yes, those were awesome. (laughs) (laughs) So I went to our nurse practitioner, and she knew our family. She was a Christian. She knew my mom. And so um, (laughs) she was like, uh, what did you do? And she was so mad. Like she was definitely being a mom. She was like, I can't believe you did this. Like, what did you even go to that place for? And she was like, get up on this table and let me see what they did to you. And like, just ordering me around. And she laid her hand on my stomach and she was like, Alicia, you're pregnant. I was like, no, I told you we went in September and I did this. And she was like, well, could you still be pregnant? I was like, no, we broke up. Like there's been no nothing. So I don't, I don't know what's going on. She goes, well, you're like three or four months pregnant. I was like, oh crap. (laughs) So the whole burden of I killed my baby was gone, but then the whole, holy cow, I'm pregnant was back. But still I was so, I'm just going to say ignorant. I didn't even know that um, I thought, oh gosh, it's only going to have one arm or one leg. There was a vacuum cleaner with a razor on it up my hooch. So Jiminy Cricket, (laughs) what am I going to do here? I mean, I knew what I had done. And so they tell me to go over to Fort Worth. I have to have this fancy sonogram and they do everything. And they were just like, there's 10 fingers, there's 10 toes. It's perfect. And it's a girl. And I was like, crying because it's a girl. I'm like, what if she goes through this? But anyway, she was perfect. And so I was like, okay, now what am I going to do? So now I'm four months pregnant and I still um, don't know how to be a mom, but I'm going to do this. And so I was like, God has saved this baby. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but let's, this baby is protected. And I was working at the greenhouse back then because I graduated from nail school. So I got a job at the greenhouse. And if y'all don't know. Tell them what this. Okay. So it is a fancy health spa that was owned by Neiman Marcus. And so people would pay $10,000 for a week to come. And mm-hmm. it was kind of a fat farm. Is that rude? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so they, Let's all go. Yeah. They would give you like two leaves. One little thing, like their dinners mm-hmm. were like crazy. But these ladies, it was like a spa and they would work out, they would eat, diddly squat, and then they would um, get their nails done and get their pedicures. And it was everything was Chanel and Neiman Marcus. So it, they would get their makeup done and have facials. It was just fancy. So I'm working with all these women and all these moms. 
And one of the ladies went to my church and I was like, oh my gosh, you cannot tell my mom. Like you cannot do that. I will tell her in good time. So all these moms asking me every day, have you told your mom? Have you told your mom? Have you told? And they only know because I like would have to take off to go to the doctor. I, I never had morning sickness that entire time. I never was nauseous. I was nothing. So Sonia, my sister was throwing up all the time. And, uh, but I had nothing. They would always ask me. And so I was going to the doctor and, and they, but they, that's the only way that they knew. And so I was working with all the little moms and they would ask me how I was doing and what was going on. And if I told my mom and I was like, Sue, do not tell my mom. But Tom came home for, from Thanksgiving. Who's Tom? Oh, Tom was my boyfriend. <laughs> so Tom came home from Missouri and he decided that I was the one. And so he was like, hey, we haven't really talked in these three, four months. Um, but he went home from Missouri for Thanksgiving and he came back and he decided he wanted to marry me. And I was like, oh, but wait, I have, I have news for you too. And hmm. so I was like, so that thing? Yeah. <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't really work. And he was like, oh, we're going back. I was like, no, you can go back and they can do anything they want to you, but I am not, I'm never hmm. going back there. And so he was just mad because um, he spent money on it and it didn't work. And I was just like, okay, well, so he was gone again. So that scared him away. And he was just like, never mind, I'm, I'm out. So we're going down the road and uh, all this. And I still haven't told my parents, obviously. And my sister is to the point of, you better not tell mom and dad. Like, I, like we just don't even know how they're going to react. So we make it through Thanksgiving. We make it through Christmas. And you're pregnant this whole time. Yes. So now I'm a good like six months, two weeks. And you would have been like, you're pregnant, Mindy. You're <laughs> knocking stuff over. Anyway. Well, at the greenhouse, I was able to wear this smock and it was kind of one size fits all. And so I would go home and I would just unbutton it just a little. But I did. I really didn't show. I only gained 18 pounds with the whole. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I think part of it was because I was hiding her. Well, and you were working out so much and doing and, all yeah, that stuff and doing uh, so. At the greenhouse, there was a lady and she, the other little moms had talked about me and I, I always tried to stay busy. And if you knew me, you would know that I'm a busy body. Yep. So I was doing inventory or doing something and we had a sub. And so they filled her in on the whole story. So they were just like, we've got to tell you what all about Alicia. So, uh, so they got nothing else to do because I can't yes. eat. <laughs> so they yeah. came in. And uh, she came in and she was like, can I pray with you? I was like, absolutely. I need all the prayer I can get. And I was raised this way. So then this didn't freak me out. But she was like, can I lay hands on you? And I was like, absolutely. And so she laid hands on my tummy. And I hadn't really felt the baby move very much at that point And started bouncing around everywhere, like just going berserko. And so she started praying for me and she was like, you can tell your parents. Um, God is going to be with them. Everything's going to be OK. Tell your mom, tell your dad. And then God started speaking through her. So that just blows me away because God took a minute to talk to Alicia. Um, and he, he started saying, I, I'm with you. I, I put an angel in your womb to protect her. I have a plan for you. And kept talking like, we're talking like Exodus, Old Testament, and Tom will come forth. Tom will come forth. I'm like, What? He, he doesn't even talk to me. How do you, what do you mean he's going to come forth? And he will be at the delivery. He like told me what he was going to wear. 
Like we're talking, <laughs> he specifically took time to talk to Alicia that day through Miss Angie. She didn't know any of that stuff. She didn't know his name. She she said, um, I deal with Tom in the cars. He worked for a rental car agency. Um, I deal with Tom in the bar. He went to Fort Worth every weekend. And so um, <laughs> the, God was already working on Tom before. I know we didn't even know. So it was just crazy how how God took the time to talk to me. So I was just like, okay, I'm going to have to tell my parents. Like he, God said, um, I'm going to, he's going to be with me for this. And so um, because I'm a fix it person, I was just like, okay, God has saved this baby and I still don't know how to be a mom. So I'm going to place her for adoption. So I met a family through somebody else, I was just like, okay, you adopted. How do you do this? Um, Oh, so I met a family. I couldn't give her my phone number. I couldn't give her my address because if she called, they don't know about Alicia. They only know about my sister. Mm. So they can't contact me at all. So I'm just living with your parents at this time. Yes. Two pregnant children in one house. Mm. Oh my goodness. I was like, okay, I'll meet you at TGI Fridays. Like I can't, I can't, you can't come to my house. So let me meet you. So it was during football season. And so they were like, well, can Tom come also because we want to see him? And I was like, oh, I'll try. And so I called him and he was hammered. So that didn't work out. So I took a picture. And so I went to DJI Fridays, met them. We, they gave me this precious letter about how they wanted to be a mom. I mean, be parents. And they had already adopted one little girl. And so they just wanted a, a new baby for that one. And I was just like, okay, this is the plan. Like this right. is, this is what this is all about. I just thought I had a plan. So my mom, um, my mom also cleans houses. I don't know if we even talked about that, but I clean houses and now, but, uh, I was cleaning with my mom on my days off from the greenhouse. And so my mom walks in and I was just really, I just was really quiet. I just was afraid that I would spill the beans if I talked too much. (laughs) So, um, she's like, are you okay? And I was like, no, not really. And she was like, Oh, are you fixing to start? And I was like, "Mm, no, not really. And she goes, are you still taking your pills? And I was like, no, ma'am. And she said, could you be pregnant? And I was like, about six and a half months, mom. And so all the wrath that I thought was going to be spewed on me from telling my mom I was pregnant, she was devastated that I was six and a half months pregnant and that that I did it by myself. Oh God. And then when I told her what I'd done, she was just, I mean, she just was crying and so sorry and so full of grace. I'd never seen her even like that. Um, and I haven't seen her since. Like, <laughs> so, but in that minute, she was just like, Alicia, I'm so sorry. You felt like you had to go through this by yourself. And so she was just so accepting and so, I mean, just full of grace and love. And it just a picture of what we're supposed to be as moms, I guess. And so I just was like, oh, and she goes, but we can't tell that. And like, oh, <laughs> oh, of <my> course. Gosh. <laughs> so um, we had to wait a little bit to tell my dad. And um, because we're from Texas, we love the Cowboys. And the Cowboys were in the Super Bowl that year. And they won that year um, in 1994. And so we waited till after the Super Bowl and the Cowboys won. And I told my dad I was pregnant. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Can we pause? Oh my gosh. I love it so much. Um, so many things I didn't know, but I'm so happy to know. Okay. So let's, let's talk about one thing. Well, two things. Number one, when did it hit you that this was a miracle? 
Like, when do you think it hit you that um, probably those other 25 girls, this did not happen oh, to? The, I mean, the second that she told me I was pregnant, I was just like, uh, what? Like, how how could that happen? But I'm I'm the only person that knew we hadn't had sex after that. Sure. And so, because she even was like, Mm, are you sure? You're like, no, like, really, no. Yeah. Like, so I knew that that part was a miracle, but I was still in the whole. I'm pregnant. Oh my gosh. Yes. Stage that I don't think I wrap my head around how much of a miracle. But then when I saw that she had all her fingers and toes, because I didn't understand that they, if they would even puncture the cervix, she would have suffocated. Right. And I would oh have gosh. lost her. All those things, I, I kind of knew it, but I was still in that. I don't, I still don't know what I'm going to do. So. Right. Okay. So, uh, if, so you tell your dad mm-hmm. and then like, what, what happened after that? Oh, he was not fond of Tom because Tom wasn't a Christian. He wasn't the guy that dad thought I was going to be with. And so he was just like, well, I'm sorry you're pregnant, but I'm more sorry that it's with him. And I'm like, great. Thanks. So, um, and I was like, but dad, I have a plan. I have a plan. I've, I've met a family. I'm going to place her for adoption. The, they're going to, they're going to take her and it'll be great. Well, my dad doesn't know who his dad is. And so his dad is adopted him. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, absolutely not. If we do one, we can do two. We can do this. We're going to do wow. this as a family. So you can just call them and tell them, no, thank you. And so I was like, oh gosh. But, um, so my dad was he was ready to do this. He was like, if we're going to, Sonia's pregnant, we can like, we'll handle it. So Sonia and her boyfriend were still together and they were still doing, um, tr- planning on doing this together. And I was just like, okay, we're now I'm going to be a single mom. So how am I going to do this? So I, I went to it. I was at the greenhouse and I was trying still to do everything and work and pay. I wanted to pay everything. If I was going to be a mom, I would, I got to pay everything off. And so I need to pay off my truck. I need to pay off, um, start saving and wrapping my mind around that. Well, my niece was born in, on April 5th. Well, that same day I had a doctor's appointment and I told y'all that I didn't get really big with my pregnancy. So they were checking me all the time. And with that insurance, you see, you don't know what doctor you're going to see. There's five doctors and you can possibly see any other doctors. Mm -hmm. So I would go over there and during my time, I saw all five of the doctors and the nurses would always go, there's that girl, there's that girl, there's that one. Because my file has all this stuff in it. Two of the doctors were actually abortion doctors. Oh my gosh. So one of them was in... Africa. And she was absolutely, I've done thousands of these. This is not, that is not how this works. And so I was like, okay. And then the other lady, she was from India and she said, I don't understand how this happened. Like I also did abortions, but I don't understand how this happened. Mm -hmm. And she goes, so I'm going to send you to a specialist because you're not measuring right. So she was like, you're you're losing weight. Like, I don't understand. Like, I don't know what's going on. So they sent me to a specialist at uh, Harris. Mm -hmm. Sonia was actually having her baby at Harris. And so I just go upstairs and go to the specialist. (laughs) And so, like I said, God was using this and the Holy Spirit was all part of this. And I see that now. But I was at a specialist for obese women. And so normally when they were doing sonograms, it was hard for them to find the baby because the the sonogram reflects. Mm -hmm. And so they had a hard time finding the baby. So when I walked in, they were like 
ta-da. And so they took me and they filled my room with TCU nurse students. Oh, teach them some. Wall to wall. Mm -hmm. Like I would have like 15 girls in there that were going to be nurses. And so they wanted to see, because it was easier to find the baby. So we're looking at all this kind of stuff. Well, I was um, losing my amniotic fluid and that's not good. So uh, they wanted to watch really carefully and they didn't want to alarm me. And now I know what was going on. When they actually did the abortion, since it didn't go into my cervix, it went through, like through the wall and on the outside of my cervix. Mm. So as he was scraping, so the outside of my uterus has scar tissue on it. So as I'm growing, the scars are stretching and I was losing my amniotic fluid. And it was just absorbing into my body because they were like, you would be losing, like you would know, like what is going on? And so I'm like, I don't know. I have never done this before. And so um, I, I just know that now because um, with Dakota, mm-hmm. the doctor was like, why do you have scar tissue on the you're like, yeah, here, like, Here's the story. Oh, that's where it is. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so I was going every other day to have a sonogram. So I had 12 sonograms. Wow. And I was having to drink orange juice in the morning to make sure that she's moving around and all that kind of stuff. Well, as I was doing that, the I didn't know this either, but the cord, because the amniotic fluid, I was losing that, the cord was wrapping around the baby. So the last day, they her heart had dropped a little bit. So they said, definitely, we have to keep you. We're going to have to induce. And so they, I called my mom and I was like, mom, they're going to keep me. Well, I didn't know this, but she called Tom. Um, she called him and just said, hey, um, it's happening. So I don't know if you want to be there, but I'm just letting you know it's happening. So mom came and they were monitoring me because, and they, again, they didn't want to alarm me, but it was definitely wrapped all around the baby. So Tom showed up and my dad would leave the room and then Tom would, uh, it was crazy. And I was like, I'm having a baby, so I can't be the middleman today. Yeah. So I need you guys to grow up. And so they kind of talked and it was fine, but they went ahead and induced and I had the baby and her cord was around her neck, around her arm with her elbow up here. So she came out with her elbow and then around her neck again. And so they were unraveling her so much whenever she was born. I was like, don't drop her. So she wasn't breathing. And so I didn't know she was blinking, but she wasn't breathing. So NICU was on the other side of the curtain. So they did that whole NICU stat thing mm-hmm. and they come in and they, so all her little newborn pictures have the bulb with the CPR uh, breathing thing. So, and Tom was like, oh, she looks just like me. And I was like, well, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> She's she yours. She does look just like you. Yes. But she, a really beautiful version. Yes. <laughs> she is a very pretty version of her. Um, but her name is Hunter Nicole, and her name means Victorious Conqueror. And that's one of the things that that lady, Angie, had told me, that it means Victorious Conqueror. And so she is she is precious. And um, so I was just like, okay, we're going to do this. I'm going to be a mom. And so my whole priorities changed. I didn't chase Tom, ask Tom if he wanted to be a part of this. I mean, he was there at the delivery. He wore what they said. It was pretty easy because he wore a hat and Wranglers and he was, but I mean, she told me exactly what he was going to wear. He wore the shirt with the ducks on it, but uh, he was there, but he just didn't, he still didn't want to be a dad. So he didn't want to be any part of it. And then he saw that I was going to do this. Like he, he called me one day and he was like, 
like you're doing this without me. How are you doing this? And so I was just like, well, I don't really have an option. I have a baby. Mm -hmm. And so Tom decided he wanted to be a part of this and he wanted to marry me. And just to give you a little side note about my sister, she graduated from high school, went to prom and got married all in three months. Oh, and have had Whitley. Had Whitley, yep. <laughs> yes. So she did all that in the background. So my poor parents. But so Tom decides he wants to marry me. And I was just like, oh, don't know. Like, I haven't, you haven't, I haven't been with you. For right, a, in a long a time. A long time. Mm-hmm. Um, we waited nine months. I was just like, you were gone for nine months. So let's wait for nine months and see if you want to stick this out. And so we did get married and Hunter came down the aisle in a wagon. And um, <laughs> she was actually dedicated at our wedding. We were, we've been together for 26 years now. It's been an up and down rocky road, uh, but I, I lost a baby between Hunter and Dakota. And I didn't know that um, a side effect of an abortion is to have your next pregnancy usually ends in miscarriage. And so I lost a baby. Everything was crazy with that. And my hormones were crazy and I didn't have, um, we weren't ready again for another baby. <laughs> I didn't, my hormones were just crazy. So I'll just say that. So for a year, I didn't have a cycle. Mm. So I was just like, okay, what in the world? But I went to the doctor in January. So that was a May. And in January, I went to the doctor and they did all the, he did all my regular exams and all that kind of stuff and said, well, you're just really active. I guess I don't, your body's just, I don't know Mm. why you're not doing that. And then they get my blood work back and they were just like, hey, you're uh, real pregnant. You're, uh, <laughs> oh my God, you're so crazy. 15 weeks pregnant. So they did the sonogram for Dakota and could tell me he was a boy on the day that they told me I was pregnant. We have, I have Hunter and she will be 27 in April. And then I have Dakota and he is 23 and they are the loves of my life. And they are awesome. And for those of you that have littles, enjoy every minute because when they get big, it's really hard to let go. Yes. <laughs> and that has been the thing that God has been teaching me so much is their mind. Their mind. Let me have them stop. Don't manipulate. Don't do this. Like, don't do that. And so giving them, giving them to God when they're little and raising them, it's, it's awesome to, and scary to watch right? <laughs> all at the same time. Okay. So like just from there yes. to now, has Tom accepted Jesus? Yes, he did. I didn't nag him or force him to go to church, but I would be like, Hey, we're going to go to Sunday school. If you want to come, you can. And he'd be like, wait just a minute. I'll go with you. He would go with us and he would listen and I would read Bible stories to Hunter and he'd be like, what, what, what are you talking about? What, like, he didn't know the stories. He knew the things that were on TV, but he didn't know the stories. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what'd you do on Sundays? (laughs) So he, so he was learning a little bit as Hunter was learning. And he, so one day he just goes, Hey, I want to go to heaven with y'all. And I was like, okay, that's all you got to do. Let me call somebody. And so he, our, our fifth anniversary, we actually went to our care group leader's house and they led Tom to the Lord. And so that was on our fifth anniversary. Hunter and Tom were baptized together. Awesome. And so that was precious. It's just incredible to see all the things that um, Dakota is a young life leader. And so for a Moyer to be a minister is actually hilarious and awesome at the same time. He is, uh, he's really involved in young life and God has just do, done He's shown us so many things like that he's carried us through. Yes. But we, and we can look back and see 
like when we didn't, weren't even paying attention and all the things that he's done and he's used us and he's used this story. So I was a pregnant, I was a counselor at the pregnancy center. Mm-hmm. Um, embrace grace. Yes. And I do embrace grace. Now um, at the pregnancy center, you can't have a relationship with the girls. And so this other ministry that gateway does, which is incredible is called embrace grace. And so we have had 50, 60 girls go through Embrace Grace. I think we're on our 11th semester and just had it last night with our alumni girls. And it is for? Single pregnant women. Um, it's supposed to be with their first baby, but we let them in. Yeah, totally. Like, we, we've had two and three. Okay. So have you seen God's grace in your life through all this? Oh, definitely. Is it hard for you to accept grace? Yes. Tell me why. Um, just because I worked... I thought you had to work for it. Yes. And I, it was not until not that long ago that I understood that I can't earn it. I, there's nothing I can do. And the other side of it is I can't out it. I can't yes. out Oh my grace. gosh, that was huge. So, not that we want to try. Right. But I, the, I, I push the limit. Oh, I think we all have. <laughs> I mean, I, I think he shakes his head sometimes like, seriously. Like You, you know yeah. what? I think we all have. Yes. So... That's a, for me, that was huge that there's nothing I can do terrible enough that I'm going to outsend that grace, but also I can't earn it. So it's a gift. And that's why my favorite verse is second Corinthians. I think second Corinthians 12, nine about his grace is sufficient and his strength and my weakness. And I don't like to be weak. But I have to give that to yeah. God and um, and he's going to make it better. So he's going to use my weakness. So he's going to use all those things. And I I can see grace for everybody else. It's just really hard for me to accept grace right. for myself. And so that's been definitely a process. I think that's a lot of us. Now, what, what would you say for our sisters who have had abortions? And it happened. You what can't outsend about- grace. You you cannot. It's, there's nothing that you can do. There's nothing. Even... Like you need to go through the steps of accepting that and um, grieving Mm -hmm. that loss. At the pregnancy center, we had a thing called conquerors and you go through and you can't take all the blame on yourself because I did that. I took all the blame on myself on what I did. And I carried that burden for years of what I almost did to Hunter. So I can't even imagine if it it would actually, I really forgot this really big part. Um, so I used to share my testimony after Tom accepted Jesus when at, on our anniversary, our Sunday school leaders wanted us to share our testimony in Sunday school. And I was like, I've never done that before. How am I going to do this? And so I wrote it all out and I read it to Tom because it's kind of hard not to make him look like a jerk. And so I was like, are you okay with this? And he read it and he was like, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. So he stood up there with me. Well, during that, he's bawling. Yeah. He's just standing beside me bawling. Like he's shaking and crying. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. With my paper, just like, Oh, like, do I console him or whatever? And then there's like five ladies in our Sunday school class and they are devastated. And I was just like, Oh goodness, God, I are you sure you wanted me to do this? Mm-hmm. And so with that, I had to say, Hey, uh, Hunter doesn't know about this. So would you not go up to her and be like, Oh, you're such a pretty miracle. Like, <laughs> oh my goodness. And so, uh, when she was, I always knew I would have to tell her. And when she was nine, there was a day that she was just like, mom, I can't do my spelling words. I can't remember my memory verse. I can't do this. I am just not special at all. I don't even know why I'm here. And God was like, 
today's the day. And so I knelt before her and I told her her story and I asked her for, to forgive me. And she was immediately, mommy, I'm so thankful that you're my mom. And she forgave me immediately. And uh, she knows her story, but I don't know that she wraps her head around it. And even... And I didn't always like tell her like, oh, you're such a miracle and God has these huge plans for you and all this kind of stuff. But I think she took that on herself. Yeah. And so she thought she had to live up to some kind of standard because she was a miracle. But she's amazing. Just whatever she does, yes. she is amazing. amazing. I mean, I know God has a plan for every child and I have no idea how it may just be our story that he uses. But I think he uses Hunter all the time. And last year we had our victorious conqueror tattooed. And so she has that on her neck. Dakota means loyal friend and Hunter means victorious conqueror. And so uh, we have that on our neck. So people ask her all the time, like, what does that mean? Cause it's in Hebrew. Oh. And so she kind of tells her story in a blip of, of that. Yeah. Telling her and her forgiving me like immediately, like she wasn't, I just, that was, that was hard. Okay. That was amazing. And I also know that this is hard, kind of hard for you to stand here and tell the story. Yes. Well, it, it, God uses your dirt. Oh, I know. But I want to thank you for your obedience because obedience is more important. You know, sacrifice yes. means, and I just want to thank you for that. If, if anyone, would you be open to any questions or any sure. comments from anyone? You guys, I know this is, uh, we're talking a long time, but this is just precious. This is just so, like, you can see I'm so overwhelmed that I know the freaking story. I know this story, but I haven't got a chance to hear all the details. Is there anything that you might uh, want to share or, or even um, thank Alicia or even ask her a question about? Thank you for being a part of this special true, amazing, God-glorifying podcast. Thank you for listening to Hope and Struggle. If you would like to reach out to Miss Alicia Moyer, I will give you her Instagram so you can DM her. No, she doesn't have a business. No, she doesn't have a podcast. She's just a beautiful soul that has a life touched in the most amazing way by God. She speaks to young women's groups. She speaks and helps with an organization called Embrace Grace, which is all for and in support of young mothers. She's been there. She knows what it's like. And she now wants to give back. If you wouldn't mind, please go and rate Hope and Struggle podcast. I would love to hear from you. I'd love to hear what you thought about this podcast. I'd love for more people to be able to hear this story. You rating us does that very thing. Also, if you're in need of a zero drama, no judgment, fun, loving, Jesus loving women's community, I started an online community called The Bible Babes. It's a fun membership community where we do Bible studies. We have speakers like Alicia Moyer. We get discounts from certain vendors. We do fun things. We have a, a monthly 
charitable donation we give to a worthy cause. We pray about it. We talk about it. We share causes that are even local to us that we think would be good. And we are working on our first live retreat in 2021. There is a lot of wonderful things happening with this group. and We would love for you to be a part. It's a way that we can connect in such a strange time, a way that we can feel like we're together, like we're doing Bible studies with live humans. And we even have a girls' night out. We call it Babes Night Out once a month, where we talk about all kinds of things and just get to be together. I'd love for you to come there. Come to the Bible Babes. Bible Babes, the Bible Babes with an S.com. You can find us on Instagram, social media, and pretty much anywhere. And of course, on our website and Facebook. I would love to hear back from you, and we would love to learn more about you. Thank you.